0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast episode number 152. What's going on, I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay, but I'm going to be doing even better in a
2: little bit. So you see this little tray I'm showing you, Matt? Yes. It's my, it's my Russian tray because we're going to be talking about a specific Russian today. So on this tray, I have four shots of vodka followed by a bunch of pickles. Whoop! Almost spilled right on <laughs> my keyboard because uh, that's what they do in Russia. When you take a shot of vodka, you chase it with usually it's a gherkin, but I only have like big North American pickles here. So that's what I'm doing. What's a gherkin? It's a, it's a small pickle. It's a really okay. small pickle.
1: Interesting. See, I didn't know that. I have I wish you told me. I would have gotten the vodka train too. Well, I wanted to get your 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 immediate reaction to the it's, fact that I have
2: four shots of vodka here. My wife gonna... doesn't think I'll be able to drive the car tomorrow. Tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you don't you're not usually like a high alcohol tolerance guy, so I'm very excited for this podcast now. <laughs> I will spread it out. The mailbag is going to be off the charts. <laughs> yes. So, by the way, we'll plug that now in the beginning anyway. Uh, if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do a mailbag show once a week that we're going to record after this, like we always do. And we do a bunch of other stuff, live streams, game reactions, podcast deep dives, uh, newscasts. And it's a nice community of Islanders fans over there. Right, Mitch? Agreed. So I'm going to take my first one, Devi. All right. Here he goes. Oh, you popped the whole thing. I thought you were going to take a little bite out of the uh, pickle. Right in there. Mm. Okay. So tasty.
2: Oh, so good. So good. Except in, in some bars in Russia, when I was there, they ran out of pickles, so they'd give you a lemon wedge, which wasn't the same effect. No. Like, I can get lemon wedges at home. It's fine.
1: Yeah. So. I'm with you on that.
2: Anyway, what's going on with you, buddy? I'm uh, getting drunk here, apparently. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't compete with that. Uh, not a whole lot going on this week. It's been uh, a slow work week. But it's been a busy week in Islanders land, and I am definitely excited to uh, talk through that because this has been a long time coming. And, oh, uh, man, years, years and, of this coming. Exactly. And we're going to start with the big news this week, which is the Islanders finally landing their white whale, Ila Sorokin. Sorokin. So, actually, before, quick sidebar. The yeah. Islanders drafted him six years ago and then signed him to two separate contracts in back-to-back days. Like, they had six years previous to do it, and then they're like, oh, we're going to sign him two days in a row. That, to me, was just so funny. Let's get it all done right now. Yeah. So they signed the they signed the ELC when the window opened. Not exactly when the window opened. It opened at 12 on Monday and at about 7 p.m., seven hours later on Monday, uh, Sorokin's agent announced that he signed his ELC, Next day, it comes out that he signed a one-year deal as you know, to act for 2020-2021, which was a $2 million contract. Let's break it down. Mitch, where do you want to start with this one? Um, just the initial thoughts, right? Like, this is great.
2: This is arguably going to be a franchise goalie that we will have for years to come, something we've already talked about before this, anticipating this day happening, um, which is outstanding for the Islanders, who, who crave, they, they've been craving a... Uh, a starter for years, right? Sorry. Yes. They've been craving a starter for years and someone they can put in the net four years to come craving it since Rick DiPietro. That's 07, 08, really. Um, so it has been a long time coming and this guy should be, should deliver the goods. Uh, and then the fact that we signed him not only to, not only to his ELC, but then within less than 24 hours, we sign him to a one-year deal for 2021 outstanding piece of business from the Islanders.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lou really put his work in this week and, uh, You know, it's hats off to him because, like we said to start this thing, we've been talking about this guy for half a decade plus, and uh, it's just crazy to think that he's finally here. And as you mentioned, yes, he's not going to be able to play for the Islanders this year in games. We'll talk about what he could potentially do for the Islanders this year in a little bit. But it's like you said, the potential of a franchise goalie, which they haven't had in over 10 years. Rick DiPietro was the last guy who you felt year in, year out, you're confident in. Yes, there was a couple of stopgap options, like if getting Nabokov had a year or two where he was semi-productive, Yaroslav Halak was really good in his first two years, and then it got a little iffy after that, and obviously last year, Robin Leonard, and now even with Semyon Varlamov, he's a fine starting goalie. The issue is that it's just not a long-term solution where this potentially is and should be. Right, because
2: like this kid is 24 years old right now, mm-hmm. right? 24 today, and he turns 25 uh, on August 4th, I believe. Yes, correct. Yeah, because 95 is his birthday, uh, birth year. Uh, and th- this kid is just, so he's 25, he's coming to the Islanders after years in Russia, uh, putting up video game-like numbers, which we can talk about whenever we want to get to that, uh, and just, it just feels good. It, it Not only because of the potential, but it just feels good that a premier prospect in our pipeline has committed to the team, at the very least for two years, uh, if not longer, he's going to be an RFA for a few years after this. Um he is here for a while, and he is ours. We are allowed to have nice things.
1: Yeah, and to me, that's the biggest thing. Like, yes, I'm obviously excited because of the talent. I'm going to go through the stats in a second, but the fact that the Islanders in two years essentially went from, oh, I don't, I want no part of them in early 2018 when Gar Snow was still there. That's that's the quote that he gave out to Igor Oranko, who covered the KHL um, in, in Russia for you know a long time, but. Uh, he essentially said that, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go if Garth is there. Now, how much has changed since then? You have Lou lemrillo as the president and, you know, the GM of the team, and he is a Hall of Famer. You have Barry Trotz, who is well on his way to the Hockey Hall of Fame as well, a Stanley Cup, a couple of Jack Adams. You have Mitch Korn, uh, who oversees the goalie operations, and he is... We made the case that he could be on the way to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Piero Greco under that had a bunch of success. So when you look at the infrastructure that's there on top of a relatively new practice facility, on top of a new arena coming in the near future, things are really turning around to this franchise to the point where they're a destination, which is just, I have to pinch myself saying that, but the Islanders are a destination. People want to come play for this team.
2: Right. And they were that before even Sorokin. So it just affirms that, right? Like mm-hmm. I, anyone, I, once we say that, the first person will be like, well, what about Tavares? Someone from Toronto, I imagine, just vomiting that ridiculous statement. He wanted to go no matter what. He was going to the uh, the Maple Leafs, regardless of what the Islanders were offering him. Um, and then, well, what about Panera, blah, blah, blah. Well, like, kind of same thing. He wanted to go to Manhattan. That That's what he wanted to do, right? The offer was there from the Islanders for both players. Uh, they just didn't want to take it regardless. Uh, and, yes, you can say, like, well, that's about the Islanders. And you go, okay, cool. But, like, it's also not. It's about the fact that he wanted to go to those other teams, both of those players. But then when you look at guys like Sorokin, uh, Lee, Nelson, Eberle, uh, they're all, Josh Bailey, they're all recommitting, heading into free agency. They're not saying like, no, 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 I'm going to go test my waters. Thank you very much. I'll see what else I can do. Robin Leonard as well. Robin Leonard wanted to stay.
1: JG Pajot, who you traded for and then signed instantly.
2: Yeah, exactly. To uh, well, a lot of money, but he, he re-upped, right? So like, yes, this this franchise is becoming somewhat of a destination. We have to pay our, the players still. Like We we paid a lot for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Uh, We paid a lot for Nelson. We paid a lot for Bailey. Maybe not too much, but still more uh, than what is market value. But that's what we have to do. And these players are still saying yes. They're not saying like, no, no, your market value is way too much for me. It's not even even enough to warrant me even gracing your franchise with my presence, which was the case like years ago, right? Like we had to like, Andrew Ladd, right? (laughs) How much do we have to pay
1: for Andrew freaking Ladd? Or or Thomas Vanek just being like, nah, I'm all set with the Islanders offering him a long-term deal,
2: right? Like, I don't want your. Fi- was it fifty million dollars? I think I be- it was that. Yeah, it was. Fifty million dollars. Like, I'm good. Uh-uh. It's not that I'm going to get more later. I just don't even want your fifty. Your fifty is not worth anything. It's like we gave him. I don't know. Like, what's the currency in Peru?
1: Liras. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. You're I are asking there. the, I the think wrong I guy. You're asking the wrong guy, man. <laughs>
2: That, that currency, that, it's almost like if we were paying in that, still he didn't want it. Uh, so yeah, this team is becoming somewhat of a destination where we are now keeping our, like he could have stayed in Russia for a couple of years, why not? And then come over as a free agent. Look at what Sergei Bobrovsky did in free agency. You don't think that a couple more years of video game-like numbers of Elias Okun in the KHL wouldn't have landed him a like 8 to $9 million offer in the NHL when he turns 27? I think so.
1: You can certainly make the case, and we'll go through those numbers now that you mentioned it. So working from this year backwards, because he he got moved to uh, CSKA Moscow uh, during the 2014-15 season, and then he only played six games for them that year, and then 15 60 is when he's really burst onto the map. So we're going to look at that. One, two, three, four, five-year sample size. So this past year, 40, 40 games, 935 save percentage, 1.50 goals against average. <laughs> Nuts. uh 2018-19 940 1.16 goals against average a uh semi down years on back-to-back uh 931 and a 1.59 in seventeen eighteen, and then in sixteen seventeen, he was a, a miserable 929 save percentage and a 1.61 goals against average
2: what a bum why did we even sign this guy
1: <laughs> but the one that really put him on the map was that 2015-16 season uh, in in the KHL, whereas a twenty uh, yeah as a twenty year old put up a nine fifty three save percentage and a one point zero six goals against average.
2: That's insane. His playoff numbers that year are also pretty good, right? A nine four five and a one thirty two.
1: Yeah, that's
2: wild. Also, that's insane. Have you looked at his playoff numbers this year? He only played four <sighs> games in in his series, but like they're insane
1: it's it is scary a 966 save percentage and a <laughs> 0.73 goals the against average the average is
2: less than a goal against in the playoffs this year it's only four games but still that's insane
1: it is and sure you can have the conversation about the competition he's facing the different ice surface i get that i really do but there's something to say about the raw talent that he has and the infrastructure, again, we just mentioned it, but the infrastructure in which the Islanders have with Barry Trotz, Mitch Korn, and Piero Greco, you would imagine that they could probably, if anyone could get the most out of this kid, it should be this team and this organization with those guys.
2: Absolutely, without question, right? Like, you've seen what they've done with other guys. Like, just Mitch Korn alone, who's been in the league since 1990 as some sort of goalie coach staff with the Buffalo Sabres. Dominic Hasek, Grant Fjord, Pecorine. uh, Obviously, that's when he transfers to Nashville. He also has Thomas Volkun in Nashville. He then hits Brayden Holtby in yep. Washington when he goes there. And then when he gets to the island, he gets Robin Leonard and Simeon Varlamov. Robin Leonard, he turns into a Vezina candidate. Simeon Varlamov not so much, but like he was he wasn't bad. He was pretty good. Uh it's just the Islanders collapse as a team in the second half.
1: Yeah, he was I would say it's fair to say he gave you average starting goalie numbers for the Islanders. Right. And that that's all we really want. Like, he didn't turn him into, like, a, a perennial
2: Vezina Trophy winner. No. But, like, maybe another couple of years, he just might. Although, with Sorokin,
1: probably not. Right. But you can definitely make the case that, you know, Korn has had a, a ton of success in this league with goalies. And... Uh, he definitely hasn't had one with the Islanders who is as talented as Sorokin. That's not necessarily to say right now he's as good as what Leonard, Grice, and Verlamov has been for this team, but just from a raw talent perspective and skill set, it's all there for this kid, which is super exciting.
2: Which is why Barry, uh, was it Barry Trotz or Lou Lamoureux? No, Barry Trotz admitted that, uh, not admitted, but stated that um, Mitch Corn and Pierre Agreco were like kids in a candy store.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Like, could, could you imagine just having someone with that kind of skill set and you're like, okay, we can mold this guy however we want? That's yeah, we get awesome. like
2: eight months to figure this, to make this guy work the way we want him to work, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's truly, this has turned into a really good situation for the Islanders because I understand that he can't play. Yes, he could participate in phase three and phase four, which is a good thing. We absolutely like that, just getting him around the team and getting him accustomed to being here in North America and what it's like to be around the team. But he could really take this time over the next, what, six, seven, eight months and work with those guys and learn how to play an NHL system. And the potential is scary in year one, even too. Right, because like you said, all the raw talent is there. You just need
2: to harness it into the situation that they're in and the context that they're in right now. And they're going to take the next couple of months to do that, right? Like, he can't play, like you said, until 2020. Uh, And arguably, he might play sooner than that, but it would be at the AHL level, uh, which is perfectly fine. And Lewis said he's open to that. Uh, Although I've seen a lot of comments saying, like, he'll never play in the AHL. Guess what? I think he will if he's going to get some ice time here, guys.
1: Yeah, I I never stood by that, I I think that's crazy. But um, the last thing for me is the, the $2 million contract after the ELC for this year. Uh, I don't know about you or how you felt about it, but that seemed about right on for where I expected it to be when you looked at, like, the Yon- Jan- Kovar Kovash uh, signing from last year or two years uh, ago.
2: It was right on the money, right? Like we all said it was going to be two. I've seen even 2.5. I think Arthur Staple even did that. I think he did that to give himself kind of like a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. um, to look at two to like the higher end 2.5. And he signed for two for one year. I know some thought it could be two and maybe even three because that's typically what you see from a bridge deal. Uh, but this kid wants to get paid. He wants to get paid now. Uh, so like a year makes sense he's got a full year to prove that he's worth it and with a goalie you don't want to waste too much time right like if you're going to say like let's take three years to figure it out cool you might get those three years and 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 uh and benefit from it but then you're going to get whatever comes after that and by then you're looking at a 27 28 year old goalie which is still young but if you sign him to an eight-year deal oh look out
1: right so who knows maybe he's looking to you know Play relatively well next year in the Islanders. Say, you know what, we're we're willing to make you our starter. We'll either trade or um, buy out Varlamov or whatever you want to do. Or have I think it's probably too expensive to have him as a backup, but nonetheless, anyway, uh, that's not the point. The point is, after if he puts up relatively good numbers next year, and it's enough to say, okay, we'll sign you to a long-term deal, whether it be you know five, six, seven years, and that A V goes up to five plus million dollars, six plus million dollars, then. You know, he, he lucked out. That's the reason why he came over here in the first place.
2: I, you, you just got me thinking about the buyout thing. I'm on the cap-friendly site trying to buy out um, his contract. And, like, buddy, they would save in 2021, 2022, they would save $4.4 million on the cap.
1: Yeah, I think when when they signed him, I always felt like it was a two-year thing. Like, the first year, obviously, him and Grice were going to go together. And then I thought it was going to be a split in year one with Sorokin and Varley. And then I really, I think this is built so that they can get out of it after that second year, which makes sense.
2: So if they buy him out June 15th, 2021, they mm-hmm. save $4.3 million that year, two point three the next year. And then they're on the hook for one point six for two more years. That's not so bad. That's a, lo- that, that's a lot of savings. $4.3 million and $2.3 million. That's a lot of money saved. Yeah, oof,
1: that That's, clears up a
2: lot of space. That is tasty. That is a tasty nugget you just threw out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I definitely think that could be an option. But overall, just on Sorokin, final things, it, it's it's an exciting time to be an Islanders fan and just to be able to watch this kid over the next few months. I can't wait. I can't. Right, okay, same thing. It's it's amazing.
2: Are we sold on number thirty? Right, I, think I would
1: imagine it's number 30. He, I think he's going to get 30, which is very ironic because it's Garth's number as well. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so when we come back, what we're going to continue to talk about is the goalies, but the two current ones and how there's actually a goalie battle, according to the coach. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Talking goalies still on the podcast as Mitch goes for shot number two as we wrap up the Sorokin and he pops a pick, uh, the pickle in. Uh, I thought you were going in for a third, I was about to say. No, no. What? Every
2: top pick, I'm going to have one.
1: Okay. You planned it out. You're spacing Spaces yourself out that a bit. a bit more. <laughs>
2: totally going to add some water between it.
1: Smart. Uh, so what we're going to get into now is the alleged goalie battle. So supposedly Barry Trotz came out and said... That in training camp we're gonna be able to decide who we're gonna go with in net, whether it's Thomas Grice, whether it's Semyon Varlamov. And do you buy that it's actually a competition, Mitch?
2: Um, I think that's a political answer, right? Like he's not gonna he's not gonna say it anyways, right? Like no no one thought that Barry Trotz is gonna come out and say, like, yeah, it's Varley's crease. We're talking about the the organization that didn't release its roster until it had to, right? Until yep. like training camp was already happening. They're not going to give you the information until you absolutely need to have it. And if you don't need to have it, they're not going to give it to you. That is Lou Lamorello. He's not, and nor is Barry Trotz going to come out here and say like, Simeon Varlamov is going to start every game for us here on in, no matter what. And uh, I hope you can, here's our strategy. This is what you plan on doing, boys. Like, that's not what they're going to do. And that's what he's doing here. Uh, just saying like, it's, it. we're going to see who comes out the best. Uh, and then whoever comes out best will get the start.
1: Right. And I mean, they put up similar numbers. So, Varley had a 9.14 save percentage and a 2.62 goals against, while Grice had a 9.13 and a 2.74. Uh, but when you look at the starts, Varley started 39 games, Grice 28. They were pretty even for a long stretch. I think up until December, they played the same amount of games, and then Varley finally got a back-to-back opportunity, and he went terribly against Anaheim at the Coliseum. (laughs) I was at that game. That's how I know. It really Um, did. (laughs) It was really rough. But I I think Varlama, like Leonard last year, yes, they kind of used both, but he kind of pulled away as the starter. I I think Varley did the same thing. I understand Thomas Grice has good numbers against the Panthers, but I don't think you can go on past history against a specific team. I think you have to go on what each individual has done for you the entire year. And to me, Varley's the no-brainer.
2: Yeah, like we're talking – like so Grice's numbers this year against Florida are pretty good. Uh, they're, they're better than than Varlamals, I believe, and uh, Grice only has. Uh, sorry, Grice has played twice against the Florida Panthers this year, with a 9.72 save percentage and a one flat one goals against average. Wow. Pretty damn good. That's only two games, right? But yeah, uh, over his career, it's a little bit better. Let me just bring that up here. Although career doesn't really do justice, like you said, uh, in his career he's five two and one against the uh, Florida Panthers with a. Uh, 930 save percentage and a 2.1 goals against average. That's career. Right. Pretty good. Uh, But you're right with the starts. Like, Varley was leaned on more frequently towards the end of the season, right? Like, Grice just wasn't doing it. And, and Varlamov came in and, and, and pitched a, a much better game around February. And then it just kind of collapsed, right? Like, if you look at his numbers end of February and into March, there's nothing above 900.
1: No, no. But the whole team in March kind of was just an utter disaster. So it's hard for me to look at that and say like okay, he was a 914 or for the entire, you know, year.
2: Right, exactly. So they they've both done well against uh Florida specifically Grice, you know, uh, the whole playoffs thing, but the playoffs thing was in 2016. That was 4 years ago. 4 years ago. That's not it's not the same team. They have the same no. stars but they also have a new coach. They've got a new goalie. They've got a new everything. Like it's, it's also a very different team than it was four years ago. So you can't say like, he beat them in 2016. He's going to beat them in 2020. That's not how it works.
1: No, just like what we talked about last week or the week prior, when we talked about how the Islanders being three, and zero against them doesn't really matter a whole much this year.
2: Right. So they're going to battle it out in camp and see who comes out the sharpest, which I guess also kind of makes sense, right? Like, as much as we want to say Zafarlomov's crease to lose, and I, and I think it is, um, you also have to look at it and go like, well, they've also been off for four months. And if one of those guys is coming in 15 pounds overweight because he's been streaming Netflix for the last four months and eating chicken fingers or something like that, I'm probably not going to rely on him no matter what said, you know, four months ago. Whereas the guy who came in because he's doing like BMX tricks or something with his wife, may- maybe that's a different story.
1: I don't know why you had to come at me like that with the <laughs> on 15 pounds in quarantine that was not nice Mitch
2: <laughs> I just picked the most childish food possible I should have said pop tarts or something
1: <laughs> that's funny wait uh, what do you
2: dip your chicken fingers in this is a very important question I, I this shouldn't I,
1: be that hard of an answer no well I would go barbecue sauce okay acceptable why acceptable what, what, what was it not acceptable ketchup no I love ketchup, not on chicken fingers. It is not no, a chicken finger no, food. No, no, no. I, I would say I was contemplating honey mustard. I feel like that's also ooh, an acceptable ooh. answer.
2: Sweet and sour sauce. Ranch I would also accept. I, right, I ranch, love me yeah. some ranch sauce. Okay, sorry. Sidebar, just had to clear that up.
1: I We're on the same page there. Um, but I, would, I tend to believe that unless, like you said, Varley comes in and is either out of shape or looks like he lost a step in some capacity and Grice is a little bit sharper. I think the way I want to word it, I guess, is this. I'd be surprised if Grice wins it out. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's not to say that Grice can't potentially turn this around. We've seen what Grice has done in previous sure. years, um, and this year was not his year. Uh, but you're right. Like I, I'm going into this assuming that it's Simeon Varlamov's. Uh, and obviously, if, if it comes out Grice and great – if Grice can really perform and do well, this is awesome. Uh, specifically for him, because you got to remember he's playing for a job now. Yes. So yeah, like, which sucks. I I hate to see him leave, but we have got Elias Sorokin. This is the way the business works, and I'm sure he's okay with that.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's gonna be tough to watch Thomas Grice go. And that's not. And what I said with Varley isn't meant as a knock on Thomas Grice. What he's done with this franchise over the last four or five seasons has been. Really important. He's helped out this team tremendously in his roles. He's essentially been a 1B the entire time that he's been here. I would never say that he was really a backup. But he at times That's what was he was a, brought in to be, though, right? Yeah. No, he was brought in to be a backup, but he's achieve, overachieved our expectations, which is, you know, hats off to him. He's been a great Islander, no doubt. Uh, it's just uh, I would argue that with, uh, with Varley he, and how the contract that he was brought in on, sometimes i know that sometimes you know people say oh you got to what have you done for me lately i don't care about that stuff but it would be hard for me to to see them justify giving the guy on the expiring deal the nod who's going to leave regardless rather than give it to the guy who's going to be here for now for 3 more years
2: right so i'm sure they eventually if Grice just totally outperforms varlamov they give it to him I just don't see that happening. And everything we're hearing right now from training camp is they're kind of neck and neck. No one is standing on any, uh, over anyone. And and I think if it's a 50-50 or even like 40-60 in favor of Grice, it still probably goes to Varley. I think yeah. he's going to have to like really, really win the camp uh, if he if he's going to take the, the reins here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. And again, not meant as a knock on Grice at all, who's been... You know, a very, very solid eye on there, no doubt.
2: Exactly. Uh, it's going to suck to see him leave, but like that's that's the business here. We'll we'll write a, a nice piece about him, and he'll he'll find a new job. He's he's good enough to find a backup job somewhere in the NHL. He's not going to have to worry too much.
1: No, no, and he's on a reasonable deal right now at the what three point three million dollars against the cap, and he'll he'll find the landing spot, no doubt, even with his age. Exactly. Uh, Next up, what we wanted to get into was a little bit of Coliseum news. So last time we talked about the Coliseum, uh, we were operating under the assumption that it wasn't going to reopen. But supposedly, Mitch, we might have a savior here for the Coliseum, which is good good news.
2: Yeah, so Newsday is doing a lot of reporting on this, and good job by them. I don't see a lot of reporting from anyone else on this, but I guess that's to be expected from Newsday. Um, So good job by them. Uh, But it seems that Oakview Group, so they're the group that is – uh, that it's going to be running the Belmont, uh, sorry, the Belmont the arena at Belmont Park, uh, as well as a ton of other arenas. I think they're also building. I, I'm just shaky with the word if it's building or running the, the arena at Seattle. Uh, they run a bunch of other arenas around or they have an alliance with a bunch of other arenas within the NHL and, and NBA and so on and so forth. But they said that they're interested. Sorry, they didn't say so. Rumor is that Oakview Group is interested in running the Nassau Coliseum.
1: Which I think would make sense from their perspective as well, just to kind of get that I my other third shot oh there you go here comes number three, down the hatch and the pickle it's uh, <laughs> gonna throw me off every that's going throw me off every time um it, it makes sense because that's the only that would be the only other competition really for uh Belmont that's low i I guess the the garden as well, but um. Um, technically on the island, which mm-hmm. um, it would make sense for them to be involved in, in both if you could and capitalize on both.
2: So it seems that they don't want to like buy out essentially or, or take over the whole thing, right? They're not interested in everything. It's not that they want to come in and, and redevelop the entire land, although which that, that seems kind of crazy to me why they wouldn't. But um, it seems that the reporting based on Oakview Group is they're interested in running the Coliseum, but they don't want like the $100 million debt that one XM has. Um, so they, they might like pay off the, the back pay I'm going to say, or the back fees, right? They owe like two points some odd million dollars in unpaid rent and utilities to the County, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So like they, they would obviously pay that and then they would run the Coliseum to keep the Islanders on long Island. And and yes, Brooklyn is still technically on long Island, but it's not counted as long Island because that doesn't count. It's a, it's, a, it's a borough of New York City, which was That's very exactly. confusing for someone who isn't from New York. Like when you're like, well, it's not on Long Island. And then I look at
1: a map and I go like, well, it sure looks like it to me. <laughs> Sorry, New York and Long Island, whatever you want to call that. It, I get it's it. It's very now. complicated. Yes. Nassau and Suffolk is, is Long Island. Queens and Brooklyn is a borough. It's I know we're very annoying. We are.
2: Well, like, same thing for where I live right now in Vanier. Like, all of our license, like, our driver's license here in Vanier, even though it's in Ottawa. Ottawa is an amalgamated city, and we're right in the heart of it. Um, Our license don't say Ottawa. They say Vanier because of people who when the amalgamation happened, the, the old town of Vanius is like, no, damn it. We want to hold on to Vanius. So it was all this whole kind of like, we're not part of your big uh, automaton, your big homogenous, like Ottawa. No, or, or like in this case, New York city. No, no, we have our own identity outside of your own. And this is, this is how we like plant our flag. Damn it.
1: Right. No, so okay. I get, I get it. Exactly. So, uh, it, it, it makes sense for them to be involved though. I, uh, I I would, totally say on this one it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens if you had to bet do you think the islanders play their games there next year what what's the word
2: absolutely the owners are going to do everything they can uh without shelling out 100 million dollars because i don't know if they have another 100 million dollars to shell out uh they're going to do everything they can to keep this team on long island and playing in the coliseum
1: yeah, I'm with you on that. I think they find a way. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to say 100% that Oakview is going to be the savior here, but I think the owners are going to find a way, which to their credit, they've been extremely good at doing that over the last five years since they've owned the team.
2: Right, and not just the owners, even the the, the, the county itself. Like, so county executive Laura Curran came out and said uh, on Tuesday that negotiations between the county and Mikhail Prokhorov uh, are uh, to exit from Coliseum operations and NASA hub redevelopment, so they they are willingly not willing. Sorry, uh, I think I missed a part of the quote here. Yes, sorry. Let me re let me state this again. NASA executive uh, Laura Curran said Tuesday that negotiations between the county, Mikhail Prokhorov's One Nexum Sports and Entertainment, and Prokhorov's lender would allow One Nexum to exit from Coliseum Operations and the NASA hub redevelopment. That makes a whole lot more sense as a sentence. You
1: need to slow down on the shots.
2: No, it's my my notepad. The notepad that I have, because the way that when you copy something over... Because I, I have I don't have a Newsday subscription, sorry Newsday. Um, so I have to like kind of hack it to get the con- the information, and this is the way I do it. I have to put a Notepad, and it it puts the whole sentence all along. It doesn't break it for the the, the size of the
1: document. Anyways, the whole thing. Gotcha. There you go. Ah, uh, anything else on the uh, Coliseum slash Oakview?
2: Well, there there's no there's no benefit in them playing elsewhere than the Coliseum why I guess there's technically a small benefit maybe not small but there's a benefit in them playing at the Barclay Center and that's there's more money to be obtained at the Barclay Center technically right like they can fit more people technically at the Barclay Center than they can at the Nassau Coliseum and I say technically just because they do have more seats but it doesn't mean that they fill them which was what we've seen right. at the Barclay Center. They don't necessarily fill those seats because the fan base don't like going there. The trains don't run frequently. There's no dry, there's no good capacity for parking or tailgate, which is inherent to the fan base. It's just not trans, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? No, I want to say translucent, but that's not the word I'm looking for it doesn't speak to the fan base going to barclays does not correspond to how this fan base likes to interact with its team and so when you have games there while yes you can have more luxury suites and you can have more actual seats they don't get filled because that's not where the fans want to go they want to go on the island where they can get it by car they can get it by train easier Uh, and so that's where the nassau coliseum comes into play and belmont for example so you want to play games there. It also just pays lip service to the the fan the fan base itself and saying, like, we respect the fact that you've followed this team for 48 years and this is where all the good times happened. Let's close this off proper, shall we? So we don't have to, like, go to Barclays and then go to the Belmont without, like, properly sending off the Nassau Coliseum.
1: Right, and I think sometimes owners or, or just even organizations in general sometimes forget what's most important, which is the happiness of the fan base. Because at the end of the day, you don't make your money without the fan base. So if they're happy and if you're appeasing your fan base, and I'm not saying you just go in with every single thing, because then it would be an absolute disaster if you just listen to the fans all the time. Then you'd have a <laughs> like a jet situation. Lula would already be fired, depending on it, who you're listening to. Exactly. But in instances like this, where it actually makes sense, because you get your populace of fans is mostly on the island. It just makes too much sense. So I'm with you. I think they figure out a way for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see any other way. Uh, aside from like legally doesn't make sense. where are like, no, you have to take on the $100 million debt. And they're like, sorry, we we ain't got that much money anymore. Sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them for that at all.
1: So, uh Want to get into the
2: quiz, Mitch? Uh, let me take my fourth shot, Devai. Mm. Last little piece of pickle here. mm Okay. So as you know, for the Eyes on Isles podcast, what we like to do is every episode we have a quiz. And the quiz is based off the number of games played vis-a-vis the episode we're on. But we don't have a player who's played 52 games. We don't have a player who's played 152 games. It just doesn't exist. Sorry, eventually there will, but there isn't one today. So I went with the Russian theme and I picked a Russian player. Okay. So I'm gonna go with that. So if you haven't heard this game before, Matt has five guesses to figure out the player that I'm trying to make him guess. And the guesses get, or the clues get progressively easier as we go along. Ready? Let's do it. All right, clue number one. I was born in Magnitogorsk, Russia, July 14th, 1986. So he's two years younger than I am. That's sad for me, oh my God. Uh, two, I currently play for Metal, uh, Magnitogorsk, so the, the team of my birth co- uh, my birth city in the KHL. So he's back in the KHL now. Again, two years younger than I am, so he's like 32-ish. Grabowski? Incorrect. Good guess. Uh, is he even Russian? I don't know if he's Russian. I think he might <laughs> be like German or something like that. We're going to have to look that up afterwards. In 2010-2011, I scored 30 goals and 57 points. Not for the Islanders.
1: Okay, 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 okay.
2: 30 goals and 57 points. So a pretty damn good player in his
1: day. Or at least
2: that one year anyways. All right, give me another clue. I followed a friend of mine to the Islanders in free agency in the 2014 free agency window. Cooliman.
1: There you go. <laughs> I <laughs> had the wrong one. <laughs> you got the other one. <laughs> yeah. uh, my next one was, I was all about the cool aid. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I had the wrong
2: one. I was close. You are close. You are really close. Okay, let's look at this here. Grabovsky.
1: Maybe he's not from Russia. I just always assumed that he was. He's
2: Belarusian, I mean. not even German. What
1: am I talking about? Pretty close. It's in the name, and it's, yeah. it's right next door. It's close enough. All right, I'll, I'll take that. The Grabowski and Kuhlman guests. Okay, I'll take it. Good job by you, buddy. You got it. Thank you. So when we come back, what we're going to do, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going on around Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson hanging out with you, getting into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us?
2: I I got a very simple one to start us off. It's uh, at NHL Revenge. Never heard of them before. Um, they're not very popular so your one stop shop for revenge across the NHL and he just says aisles suck why why would you write that to for, to what gain what do you get out of that
1: I don't The it's NHL revenge is the the uh, yep. account Yep. I feel like you didn't if he probably tweets that for every single. Uh... That's
2: what I'm looking at right now, and I don't see it. Although, here's what I do see a lot of retweets for Nick Alberga. And I think we all know who he is. Yes. Um, Toronto we... based Isles hater. Although, I don't. He has a love hate relationship with the Islanders fan base. I think he just likes to poke them every day um, because it gets him a lot of likes, uh, which is fine. That's the name of the game. Um, but, yeah, that's what he does. Like Nick just recently tweeted on July 13th, Ilya Sorokin arriving on Long Island, and it's the gif of like Grandpa Simpson coming into the burlesque and then leaving again because he's barked behind the desk.
1: Yeah, I'm scrolling back and looking. There's He has another one, Nick Alberga, that they should put Islanders and Panthers games on at midnight. I would still watch. Duh, of course so. Um, okay, yeah, I wanted to see if he maybe tweeted out for every single one. Not the case. Uh, not the case. The one person he's following is Nick Alberger. So maybe that's his uh, burner his burner support. account. Yeah, that's a bad job if that's your burner account, man.
2: <laughs> Why do you need a burner account? Who has burner accounts? Who has the time for burner accounts? I, I have no time to be like, hey, let me be snarky on another Twitter. I can barely be snarky on my own.
1: Speaking of the Islanders and Panthers series, uh, that was one of my ones that I wanted to share with you. What do you think of the afternoon time starts?
2: I'm down. I'm super down with that. Uh, the Islanders are actually pretty good in the afternoon. I think they're – oh, I wrote it down the other day. I forget it already. It's it, They have a winning record when they play in the evenings or the afternoons, anything before 7 p.m.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's a positive. I just – it stinks for the people who have to work.
2: yes. Yes, but if you thought the Islanders were going to get a prime time over teams like the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Pittsburgh Penguins, although two of those teams are playing each other, uh, then you had another thing coming. Like, it's, oh no, of course, it's it's two of the most of the least popular fan bases in the NHL: the Islanders and the Florida Panthers. Sorry, we're not very populous. We need to fix that. You have a friend, get them on board, uh, and yeah. that's how we're going to do this. But like, Islanders Panthers is not uh, 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 that that does not. What was the word I'm looking for here? It's not um, a draw. Factor in in when it comes to rating decisions.
1: Right, exactly. They want to get the uh, the bigger name teams. Although
2: Islanders Rangers, however, there you go.
1: That's a little bit different. If it somehow got to that at one point, that's totally different.
2: Well, the exhibition game, right? The Islanders are playing the Rangers in the exhibition game, and that one is at 8 p.m. on July 29th.
1: Okay, that's a positive positive spin.
2: So, like, they're at least playing primetime there. Uh, but it has to be against the Rangers. So it's, it just happens to be who the... And it's it's a rivalry thing. So anyways, it's a whole thing.
1: What else you got? I got one
2: more. And this one is at... It's replying to you. Uh, at Big House 328 replying to Matt O'Leary, can someone explain the excitement over a guy that we have never seen play at the NHL level? For now, he has a one-year deal to back up Varlamov. I get he's supposed to be good, but this is getting out of control. Um... Come on really, seriously now did you like did you like my reply to that? I love your response um where, where is where is your response? Why can't I see your response? I don't have it. What is your response here?
1: uh it was something I think I went I went to I went through and actually explained the whole thing I think now, or was that with somebody else? I, I believe it's with someone else because i I don't oh. see you
2: even re- responding to this guy.
1: Okay, well, I probably have him muted or something then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no one muted. I have never used that feature oh, at best. all. Oh, and there it is. Certainly, Steve. Ilya Sorokin, widely considered the best goalie overseas, originally had no intent in joining the Islanders. c 27 contract extension slash comments to Aronko in 2018. So much has changed in the last two years that the Isles are a destination now. That's why. Boom.
1: Yep. I, I That's pretty much, I, I summed it up in 180 characters. I, I did my job.
2: Like, I don't understand what people want. Like, uh, we have the, the best goalie outside of the, outside of the NHL putting up great numbers, and he's committed to the Islanders at least for a year. And then we go nuts because we finally have someone signing and saying, yes, I agree to play for you. And then we have guys like, well, he's never played a game in the NHL before, so what is he really supposed to be? Why are we losing a blah, blah, blah? Like, can we just <laughs> relax here? Why do we need to crap on everything? It doesn't make any sense to be like, well, he's never played in the game in the NHL before. Well, that's what rookies have. Every rookie in the game has never played in the NHL before. We could still get it. We got excited about John Tavares. Should we not have done that?
1: No, not by this logic. Apparently. You can never
2: get excited about a rookie. Look, we're not saying he's going to win the Vezina every year from here on in. What we're saying is that Ilya Sorokin has all the makings to be someone who could change the direction of this franchise. It's already taking a, a direction, or uh, a move in the, pro, uh, the positive direction. It can even go higher than that because of him. Look at what happened when we had Robin Leonard putting up 930 save percentage. We got a guy who could put 920 almost every year on average. Let's do it. Why aren't we excited?
1: Yep. Nope. You hit the nail on the head there, buddy. Absolutely. A <laughs> uh, couple more from me. Um, first, I wanted to give a birthday shout out to Barry Trotz. It's his 58th birthday today. So, I mean, I still, I don't know about you. It's still crazy to me that the best coach in the sport is the Islanders coach.
2: Doesn't look a shade under a Stanley Cup champion.
1: (laughs) Not at all. He looks great. (laughs) Absolutely great. And the last one for me is a, uh, a birthday shout out to, uh, not really a birthday shout out, a birth... Announcement. It's still a birthday. It's eventually a birthday, shout out. True. So both Sydney and Matt Martin, you know, they had their kid, Windsor Grace Martin, Winnie is what they're calling her, came into the world on July 14th, 2020. So yesterday. Yes. On the, on Tuesday. Okay. So they
2: don't share, she doesn't
1: share a birthday with uh, Barry Trotz. No, one day, one day prior. So uh, congratulations to both of them. And best of luck as a a new parent, and that's it's awesome. We love to see this stuff.
2: Yeah, this is great. Uh, This is uh, I remember when my daughter was born and my son was born. It was an amazing time. Uh, Cherish it obviously, Uh, but it's kind of kind of sucked the fact that he's gonna have to go off for a couple of weeks while while you're you're dealing with all of this newness you can be as prepared as you want you're never going to be prepared enough Uh, at least she has supportive parents i imagine supportive in-laws as well and supportive family outside of that so that's going to help a lot Um, of course she needs a bouncer is what she needs that's what matt martin was supposed to do at this point is be the bouncer to make sure that not everyone comes in because you're going to be overwhelmed by guests who just want to hold the baby you need a bouncer at the door to be like if you're if you're coming in you have to do one of these five things on this checklist and one of them is vacuum the house you have to do that minimum. This is my advice to you or anyone else who's about to have a kid. Have a checklist ready of, of stuff you need done in the house, like dishes, like, I don't know, doing laundry, the, anything. People coming in should be able to help you and not just hold your baby because that doesn't help you at all.
1: Did you do this when you were? I did.
2: Kids? I did. And it was helpful. You have to. You have to. Because it, it, the old guard, the, the previous generation is like, well, we come over and we hold the baby and you go off and then take care of the dishes and the laundry. And you're like, whoa, whoa I just spent the last like two hours feeding this child. Then I got about 30 minutes of sleep. I don't have the strength to go in and do dishes and, and the laundry again. You able bodied person who has been through this abor- before should help me do that. That's what you have to do.
1: I like this take. I like this take, Mitch.
2: You got to put the old guard in their place. They, they, they have – you have something they want, which is the the, the
1: baby. You hold that ransom for chores. <laughs> I could just picture you being like whoever comes in the door, nope, nope, guys. do the dishes. Mom, some... I love you. You're not getting in until you scrub some pots. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I love it. Oh, man, I love that energy. I really do. Uh, so let's get some plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to uh, give a uh, a like or a review. All that fun stuff, a rating, it really helps us out. We appreciate it a whole bunch. And uh, it's it's fun doing this every week for you guys, absolutely. Uh, also, wherever you use your social media, you can follow along with us. On Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Twitter. At Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could also subscribe to the Patreon. I'll plug that one more time. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. You get post game shows. You get a mailbag, which we're about to record. Newscasts for Mitch. A live stream. It's a whole lot of fun over there. Definitely going to want to check that out. You can also download our app. Eyes on Isles app available for iPhone or Android. And last but certainly not least, for all your New York Islanders needs, you can head over to the website, EyesonIsles.com episode 152 in the books. Finally, Mitch, we did it. How do, you, how do you feel? Are you drunk yet? No, I'm not.
2: It's only four shots of vodka. Like, it's not, come on here. Like, it's not that bad. I've got plenty of water. My wife has nothing to worry about.
1: Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time.